0: some love tonight. Praise God. You take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go back over to, let's go back over to uh, John, the 16th chapter. John 16. And as you're turning there tonight, um, I'm going to read a letter to you. This is from Brian Davis, and uh, he is yeah Brian is uh is doing Brian's doing fine so but I want to he asked me to share this with you and uh if anybody would like to correspond any of your men like to correspond with him I've got the address right here and I promise you he would love to hear from you uh it says this crossroads uh church at crossroads Grace and mercy to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I want to thank my God for all of you, your prayers, service, and love, and faithfulness. I pray that this letter finds you all in good spirits and edifies the whole body. In my study, and drawing closer to God for understanding wisdom, knowledge as pertaining to the Holy Spirit, I believe God revealed to me that the church in Acts was a pattern for all churches to follow, including Crossroads Church. How many believe that? Amen. Just as God has a pattern for Moses in the tabernacle and in the old covenant, God's Holy Spirit has a pattern for us. My prayer for our church is not to change any pattern that God has given us for a worldly pattern. Or a man-made pattern let us embrace God's timeless pattern which has never failed that we may all experience the fullness of God's power present mercy grace love in Jesus name amen one mind one spirit one body one church unity I'm not saying I'm in chains like Paul exactly but just know that I am doing my part in following God's plan and pattern for the church. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, my brothers and sisters at Crossroads Church. I love you all. Amen. Amen. That's a man growing in the Lord. And if you didn't know or didn't pick up on, he's, he's incarcerated. and. Uh, uh, he knew that was coming. In fact, uh, he had prayer with the police officer that arrested him. He, he thanked him for arresting him because he said, i got to get this behind me, and so thank you for doing that. Uh, he's already read, led two or three people to the Lord, and I said, well, Brian, that'll teach the devil to lock you up. But anyway, um, but if you will, uh, uh, like I said, if, if some of you would like to, to correspond, i visited him the other day. He would certainly welcome uh, those letters but I I take his his letter as confirmation for what the Lord is doing in his church and that he can reach down and he can speak to every individual no matter where they're at in their walk of life if they'll pursue God they can hear God and God can speak to them and it's been our our lifelong prayer and especially here uh, is that God would do the very things that that was mentioned in the letter that he wrote, but with that, I want to talk to you about the uh, finish up where we started last week, and I'm going to talk to you about advocacy, advocacy. And Elijah, you may wonder why he's sitting up here. Uh, it's because he's been suffering from um, what's it called, vertigo. And I believe before the service is over, you're going to get healed. When you when you are, you tell me. When you are, you tell me so I thank you for for being diligent put your hands this way father in the name of Jesus Lord we believe that Elijah's body belongs to you and that Lord the what he suffered with and suffered through this week Lord the enemy has been caught and Lord he's gonna have to put back and Lord I believe that this body is in your kingdom and I believe that your kingdom will manifest through healing and Lord we thank you that Lord his head's gonna clear all the nausea is going to leave, and Lord, you're going to raise him up by the power of your Spirit. Now, Lord, bless the message, bless the Word tonight. Be glorified in all that is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to look here in John 16. If you get to feel anything over there, Elijah, tell me. Because uh, we're going to go with it. Praise God. I, I, we're just going to move as God moves. John 16. It says, but now I go away, Jesus speaking to his disciples, to him who sent me. None of you ask me where you're going because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the intercessor, the advocate, the paraclete, will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. How many know Jesus made it? And when he comes, he will convict, convince, expose, reprove, undeceive the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, as we look here, this is what we need to know. That when Jesus left, he didn't leave us alone. He, he was here and he declared himself a paraclete, a, a, a helper, uh, an advocate. He didn't forsake his advocacy when he left. He just went to the Father and he's at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for all of us. But he said, here on earth, I'm going to send back my spirit, and my spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going to come, and he's not only going to be with you, he's going to be in you. He's not just going to be with you, he's going to be in you. And he's going to walk with you, and he's going to talk with you, and he's going to guide you. And he's going to help you and he's going to advise you and he's going to undeceive you and he's going to unmask the enemy and he is going to reveal the father to you and you're going to go out and you're going to heal the sick you're going to raise the dead you're going to cast out demons you're going to freely give because you have freely received from the Lord But the ministry of the Holy Spirit will always be to elevate Christ. Now, when Jesus came, he came to exegete the Father. He came to reveal the Father to the world, to the church. And now the Holy Spirit is here, and he elevates the Son who elevates the Father so that we may minister in the world on his behalf by following his guidance. Now as we look here, and I'm praying that God would give me that kind of resolve, that kind of childlike faith that when he tells me to do something, I just take it for what it is. And I take it at face value and I just go do it. I read a story about a young lady who was 19 years of age. She was a single mother. And she was traveling with the healing evangelist, one you wouldn't know, wasn't even mentioned in the book that I was reading. That's why you wouldn't know him because I don't even know him; it's just a guy in the book. <laughs> so she goes, and, and he, she's part of his ministry healing team, and they're not spirit filled. They're there and literally laying hands on the sick, and people are recovering, getting healed. She stands up and, and gives. Um, presentation as he's introducing his team and he said here she is and we'll just call her sally so sally gets up she said i'm 19 years old a former drug addict but now i'm in love with jesus and i'm a i'm a a a single mother and i heal the sick and i cast out devils amen and sure enough in that meeting she cast out devils and she healed the sick and is he, this other evangelist that was there, he was so impressed with that. He, after the meeting, he came to her and he said, he said, how is it that you can just lay hands and people are healed? What, what's going on? She said, well, here's what I believe. Jesus commanded it, and I believe it, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. And if he told me to do it, I'm just going to go do it. And she said, it's not on my righteousness, it's on his because you don't become a single unwed mother by living righteously. She said, but now my heart is Jesus, belongs to him, and now I, I follow him as I follow my pastor and I just do what God tells me to do. Folks, I believe that we, so many times, we so complicate things by putting other things in place or adding to, trying to compensate for our fear when all we need to do is just say, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. He's enough. But the Holy Spirit has come, as we know he has. He elevates Jesus. The Lord said that he would come in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah was there at the time when Jezebel and Ahab had resurrected Baal worship, tried to supersede the worship of Jehovah God. And Elijah shows up on the scene after a severe drought And I don't know if you know this, but we're in a spiritual drought, but God's rain is pouring on his people, and we're going to flow in the rain that God has poured out. But there on that day, he went at the very hour that Jesus Christ would be crucified, some many millennials later, many decades and many years later, he would come at the very time that the sacrifice was being offered on the altar, and the fire of God, came down to declare to you and I that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to elevate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ If you want more fire of God, what you need is to ask the Lord to begin to pour his spirit in you so that your ministry may not be elevated, so that your denomination may not be elevated, so that your name may not be elevated, but that the name of the living God, Jesus Christ himself, may be glorified so that the world can see that Jesus loves them, the Father loves them, and he wants to deliver them. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. John said, I'm going to baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he is called the advocate, the intercessor, the consoler, the comforter, the helper, the paraclete. All of that is included in that, in the paraclete. In the definition there that Jesus gives when he says that you're advocate, and if God be for us, church, if God be for us, see, until we understand God's for us, I've said it last week, I shared that in the service on Friday, but I'm going to tell you again, God's for humanity. He, he, he wants people saved more than you, we want them saved. He wants you filled more than you want to be filled. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. He wants you delivered more than you want to be delivered. He wants to protect you and keep you and hold you and guide you and direct you more than you want him. Because when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us when we didn't even think and resisted the call of God and the drawing of God, it was His Spirit that was pulling us to Himself. The very knowing that we needed something more than what we had is the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So last week we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit beginning with undeceiving the world. Undeceiving the world. See, of sin because they do not believe. They don't have faith. There's a world outside that just doesn't believe that God exists. They don't believe it. They don't believe that God really wants to have anything to do with them. There's an unbelief. It's it's the opposite of belief. There's There's a resisting and see, when you talk to someone about the Lord, this is what we need to know, church. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to help undeceive that person. See, because there's a there's they either don't believe that Jesus is real and that God is real and that God came down, or they don't believe God wants to have anything to do with them. They are deceived. They're hiding in their fear. As they did in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, and sin was brought onto everyone. So, what was brought with sin? The characteristics and the behavior of sin, which is fear, run from the presence of God, find something to hide yourself, and blame others for your problems. That doesn't sound so much like the world as it sounds like many a church folk. Say out your amen tonight. Because we live in a place where it is, it is the time that we understand that the Holy Spirit comes with dudamus power to, to elevate Christ so that we understand that he wants to sozo, he wants to save us, which includes healing, deliverance, protection, and fullness. That's the purpose of... Oh salvation God brings us in and he has paid for our sin debt. He has judged the enemy that we'll talk about in a minute and then he has empowered us to obey. He has empowered us to conquer self. If that foul word comes out of your mouth and you're a child of God, it's not the devil's fault. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your children. You're the one that did it because you're a child of God. As you look at this, what we see is that when we minister, we do so by the power of the Spirit. We do so by the power of the Spirit. I remember my first encounter with the Pentecostal church. I walked in, and sure enough, a uh, uh, sister so-and-so, she got up, and she spoke in tongues. Scared the bajeebies out of me. And somebody else got up and interpreted that tongue. And all I felt uh, was this, ooh, hair just stood up. It's like, whoa, and it was long at the time. It's like, (laughs) whoo. And my thought as a sinner sitting in that service is, oh, my Lord, God's in this house. I started, I kept coming back. I kept coming back. And then I got brave enough to raise my hands. I, I, I think the Lord was just laughing the whole time. I was sending worship service, and, and and I would lift my hands, and I would feel God, and I was like, "Whoa!" I'd sing a little longer, and I'd lift my hands, and i would like, I'd start to feel God, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> we we continued to go to this church, and then I I got down. This is before Andrew and I was were married, and so I got brave enough to go down and pray. With the, with the people down there praying for people to get healed or delivered or I don't know what they're praying for. They just ask people to come pray. So I sneak down there. I'm going to go Sunday morning. I can remember. I can take you right to the spot. And all the guys are there and the pastor's praying. They're praying over somebody. And I reached in and I really felt God. I thought, whoa, this may be a bit much for me. I'm going back to my seat. What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is real. And he really wants to move in his church. And he wants to move through you. He's already come down. He's already fallen on the day of Pentecost. He is looking for the church to allow the river to begin to flow in her and step into that river to the current. I believe it's time we get beyond ankle deep, knee deep. We've been knee deep long enough. It's time we get beyond the waist. It's time we get right out in the middle where you're either going to swim or drown, but it's going to carry you where you're supposed to go. Now, this is not even part of my message, but I went and heard a I went and heard of a friend of mine who who got saved to, uh, at, at our church in Hot Springs. Who Teen Challenge, Teen Challenge young man, and uh, holding a revival up in up in Bonham. But uh, I remember Nathan; he had no rhythm in his step at all. <laughs> But he would get in the altar and just dance like a crazy, he's a meth head, and he went to Teen Challenge to get delivered, and God delivered him, and he would dance like he was riding a bucking bronc. And he would hoop and holler like he was, woo, woo, woo. He got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. He got delivered. He went on the evangelistic field. He's still evangelizing. He pastors a church. He even written a couple of books. And he's still preaching the fire that he felt 20 years ago when he got delivered. He's still talking about the Holy Spirit moving in his life because the Holy Spirit is real he was deceived and now he's not he's proclaiming truth see the holy spirit will elevate christ jesus to say to the world that does not believe god cares uh, we'll reveal that he cares uh, and that that sin that you're choking down uh, your throat and that's choking you and choking the life out of you jesus has come to set you free from that But then the Holy Spirit has a ministry that goes even further than that. As he said there, that he would not only convict the world of sin, but he said also of righteousness because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Man has an innate tendency, an inherited tendency... To make up their own righteousness they get the idea that I've got to take Jesus and add all this stuff to him in order to have salvation Tim Keller made this statement I believe it needs to be heard in here Christianity is unique, and what makes it unique more than any other religion in the world, and even more than secularism, and it's this. In the secular world, and in all other religions, you have to work in order to achieve identity your identity is based upon what you do what you do in Christianity alone your identity is based on not what you achieve but who you receive not what you achieve but who you have received and when the church realizes that the righteousness is not because of the merit of what we have achieved though we should be lifelong learners though we should be pursuing after God though we should be receiving from the Holy Spirit folks let me say to you salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ it is through grace by faith, that we are saved not of ourselves. There's nothing we can do to merit salvation. There's nothing we can do to merit the infilling of the Holy Spirit, nor is there anything that we can merit to to bring healing to bodies. Now we're going to talk further as we get deeper into this, the barriers, as we continue to remove the barriers to healing. But folks, we've got to get the theological understanding in our hearts, and that is this. Righteousness comes from Jesus. Righteousness comes from what he has done. Righteousness is a result of the fact that he came and he paid the ransom for us he paid the sin debt and he didn't pay the devil he paid the sin debt because the egregious debt was between us and God and there must be a sacrifice to bring peace and now that peace has been given because Jesus has sacrificed himself but praise be to God he told his disciples before he went into the tomb or he went up on the cross, he said don't worry I'm going to get up after the third day, they will abuse me they will nail me they will put the stripes on my back The all of heaven is going to the, the, the dark clouds are going to rest over me and for three days you're going to think it's over but rest assured on that third day I'll be getting up, oh there will be a resurrection Good mourning death couldn't hold him because death had no claim to him righteousness if you get healed it's because Jesus healed you if you get healed it's not because you did some holy ghost dance or calisthenics and i'm not going to do push-ups tonight i've already done my push-ups today i'm not going to do my my jump ropes tonight i'm not going to do my i'm I'm not going to get ready for all this no jumping jacks thank you i was like what are those things we don't do those anymore but anyway where's jack that started all this i don't know We don't go through these spiritual calisthenics because at the end of the day, you're just going to come back to the same general spot, and that is Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. He undersees and then he unveils. He unveils the love of the Father and He unveils the righteousness that only comes by Him. Not by me, not by you, not by a denomination. But He comes and reveals righteousness right. Standing before the Father he is only in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He takes the lower nature of man. See, he he. I come to him. I said, I would come to the Lord over and over again. I say, God, God, forgive my sin. So, Lord, pay my sin debt. And and my sin debt's been paid. I just got to receive that that sin debt. And Lord, I I, I need to. Lord, I but i wouldn't i didn't understand that it was his righteousness and that and that he now lives inside of me because he once i surrender all to him he surrenders all to me and now he gives me the power over me and when he gives power over me i don't want to return to the pig pen because i'm not a pig anymore I don't want to go back to that place that I came out of. And, oh, it may try to draw me, but let me tell you, I'd rather eat at the banquet table of the inheritance of the living God than go back to the trash cans that I was feeding out of. I don't want that mess anymore. My desires have changed because my nature has changed. I'm hungry for other things. Now, what we see also, and this is what we need to look at as well, the Holy Spirit's ministry is to, is to reveal Christ because of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because if the Lord just left it to ourselves, we would have all kinds of rules and regulations. It wasn't that it is, the law was good and it was perfect. And God created the law so that we could understand that we must have the sacrifice of Christ, but that wasn't even enough for the Pharisees. They took the, the laws and they added to it. They put their traditions. And they put more and more and more. And you can go to, you can plop down in any place you want to plop down in any other religion. And there's, all, there's a codified set of rules. And if you don't meet those standards, then you don't measure up. Guess what? You never measure up. Because you cannot, uh, you cannot measure up uh, until the one who raises you up gets up on the inside of you amen when the one who raises you up gets inside of you he'll start lifting you up and you won't want what you wanted because your owner has been changed so when your righteousness comes from him it brings a whole other measure of confidence now you start doing what you do because of him but I want you to see here The Holy Spirit undeceives he unveils but he also unmask our eyes because of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged why did Jesus come in the flesh why was he born a human lived a human sacrificed as a human and raised as a human so that we may walk in the authority of the kingdom because the king now lives in us. When Jesus was tempted in Luke 4 he was not tempted by his divinity and he was every bit 100% completely God but he was ever bit 100% completely man. And if he would have succumbed to the temptation to respond according to his deity then Satan would have continued to rule this world over the church. But jesus did not he did not get thee behind me satan the first adam failed the last adam we don't need another adam the you don't have to you have to work this thing out it's already been worked out so if sin comes on all humanity we're born into this physical World, We're born into a world of sin. But let me tell you, you must be born again. When your spirit, your soul is born again, now you're walking in the last Adam. And we need to stop and let the Holy Spirit bring the realization of the kingdom that we have and the authority in Jesus Christ. Now, Andrea shared this passage with me, and I said, I'm going to use that tonight. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you don't like that translation, let me give you another one. Behold, I give you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions, authority over all... Oh, I'm sorry. That was a wrong translation. Over some of the power of the enemy. Over over part of the power of the enemy. Over the enemy when you feel because your feelings produce the faith. you go to church on Sunday and you go to prayer on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're in prayer, then you've got the power to take care of, of just a little bit of the enemies. It says all, all, all. All power of the enemy. All power, children of the living God. He has given you... Who is he speaking to? He's talking to the church. He's declaring that the enemy has been judged. The enemy is come up wanting. He has been condemned. He has been separated. He's been set apart for judgment. He cannot be redeemed. He is uncircumcised. He is not a part of the kingdom work. And if the devil is attacking your body, he has no right. If he's attacking your marriage he has no right if he's attacking your mind he has no right and he's got to be ran off because he's a rabid crazy dog then folks you can't reason with him you just got to command him get out stop I woke up one night this is this is a, a tale I was of truth, okay. But I was sadly enough, I didn't realize what was happening. I was under such strain. It was our first pastorate, and I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm trying to. Def- I'm. To, I am do not know if I'm coming or going, and I don't know if you know. I'm just. I've barely been saved five, six years, and now I'm pastoring this church. And man, it was it was the church that David Wilkerson of all people went in, and he declared Ichabod over the church. I thought, thank you a lot, Dave. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pastoring this church, and it's, it's, it's a religious church. Man, it's, it's stressful. I was wishing for a gray beard at that time. <laughs> so I get a little respect, and I was just, just so full of, so tensed up, because I was at a place where I thought everything rose and fell on me. You know, you heard the classes. It's it's the, you are the lead, you're the leader, you got to be the leader, you got to know everything, you got to know everything. So I'm, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I just, I'm scratching all over, I'm just like, what in the world is going on? I go look in the mirror, and hives are coming up all over my body. I said, Andrew, look at this, what is this? She said, it's hives. I said, what do you mean hives? She said, it's because of stress, you just... You just the hives are coming up. I said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I said, I don't receive that. And I went back to bed and the hives went away. What I'm saying to you is sometimes we put up with so much stuff because we're trying to measure up to the one who's already rose up on the inside of us. And and you get to that place where you just put up too long. And stop reasoning with the devil and saying, oh, if I attack this fear, then fear's just going to come on me. Let me tell you, fear's already there and fear's the one's telling you that. The devil is no different than a crazy, mangy dog. You don't need to love him. You don't need to reason with him. You don't need to pat around with him and stop feeding him. And you need to run him off and say no more would you finally learn your authority you can cast a devil out with a whisper you can shout at him if you want to but you don't have to shout if you know your authority it's it's not volume that brings the, the power it's the authority it's the authority my wife for days and still there's a chill that runs up my children's spine and my eldest is how old Lenny? 29 she could snap my kids it didn't matter they could be in the back of the church goofing off and laughing in the middle of the service and their ears were attuned to that I'd be in the middle of preaching and I'm straightened up How could she do that? Because she knew her authority. And they knew what followed the snap. And if they didn't obey the snap, and you don't listen to the snap, you're going to learn. What I'm saying to you, children of God, the authority we walk in is not based on our righteousness. It's based on the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The authority is already there and it doesn't mean that you're not going to have struggles and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get mad enough at the enemy to, to yell I'm not taking away from any of that what I'm saying is you have authority over all of his domain because your domain was under his until you stepped into the kingdom but you didn't step down you stepped up he lifted you up now you're in the kingdom of the king that's above all kings now I have told you before and I'll continue to tell you I, I, I read the book of Ephesians last couple of days there's one word that Paul says over and over and over again in Ephesians mystery there are things that are just they're a mystery to me there's a mystery to us. We're just, all we're doing is pressing in. We're just pressing in and saying, God, you control the revelation. I just want to know. I just want to knock on the doors that you want open. I just want to hunger after the things that you desire. I just want to go after you. And when you come down for healing, and if, you're, if healing is not manifest, this it, no harm, no foul. But let me tell you, just like my baseball coach, I told you Sunday morning, he said, Sanders, I don't care if you strike out, but you never, don't come to this dugout if you haven't swung. You've got to take a swing. And we have found more people healed in the last few weeks in this church than I think all the other years combined. Just in a few weeks. Why? Because we just started asking God to heal. And we're just pressing in because it's the will of God. Someone's, Tawny's eye was healed as a sty was, was removed as she was looking at it. Something that's happened to her over and over and over again. She took her authority and she said, no, I don't receive this. And while she's looking in the mirror, the sty disappears. Another woman told me that she had, had bronchitis and it was just coming on strong. Her lungs were filling up and her cough and she, she was just in a struggle and she came down and got prayed for. And now that, that, that bronchitis that usually gets her every season was lifted off of her completely. Someone Sunday morning came to the altar. And there was a word spoken over them, and that word was simply restitution, not even knowing what it was about. And then it was reported that that woman came back and said that she had $70,000 in medical bills looming over her, and God wiped them all out. And what I figure is we serve a Father who willingly, wantingly, wants to pour. Now, I want two two altar calls tonight, and that is simply this. And you got to tell me because I don't always guess right, okay? I was praying for somebody the other day, and I was praying for their lungs, and they were wanting me to pray for their something else. I don't even know what it was. So we don't always get it right, so tell me, amen? But I believe Pentecost Sunday is Sunday. Why don't we just let the Spirit feel people tonight? If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking out of the tongues, and you, the only prerequisite is you got to be born again. You got to be born again. You got to be. You got to ask Jesus in your heart. And and I, I, we prayed for people that prayed for them. I remember in Scotland we prayed for people to be to be saved, laid hands on them, and they fell out after they received salvation, and they got up speaking in tongues. And they came to us and said preacher what did you do to us (laughs) what is this thing i said well that's the holy spirit if you want to be baptized or you just need a fresh touch you're just dry gulch and you're just like i've got to have the touch of god now the lord told me of late he's going to start stretching me and you know what happens when the lord starts stretching you you start getting stretched and, and folks, maybe you're at a place right now and it's not that God's mad at you and it's not that you're failing, but maybe the Lord's just stretching you out because he wants to put more in you. But maybe you need a, 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 some, some refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I love the old Wolf Brand commercials. When's the last time you had a big steepened hole of Wolf Brand chili? Well, brother, that was, that, mister, that was too long. Let me tell you, when's the last time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, that was, if it's been more than a day or two, let's come home down here and get filled up. But if you need a touch in your body, you need healing. I need some of you men to come lay hands on Elijah right now. Come on, get up, get up, get up. Come on, let's, let's believe God. No more of this No more of this mess. If you need a worship team, come on up unless you're getting prayed for. But if you're in here today and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to begin to make your way to this altar. Put your hands this way, church. Put your hands this way.